Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos, and I'm really excited, as I always am when I do the show, because I get to interview another entrepreneur um, in in the world, <laughs> wherever we are. It kind of depends on where we're at, but you know, pretty worldwide when it comes to the people we attract to the show. So today I have with me Mark Willis, who is the owner and founder of Lake Growth Financial Services. He's also a podcaster. You can learn more about him and his company at nyafinancialpodcast.com. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks, Jen. So glad to be here. Yeah. You know, 2020 is a very interesting year, as we know. So I thought I would ask this question. How's it going with the new normal? Yeah. Uh, well, there's been a lot of change in 2020. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm still waiting for the aliens to land, but basically everything else <laughs> is off my bucket list in 2020. Uh, you yeah. think back to like when we were all graduating high school and whatever, and it was always the year 2020, 2020 vision, 2020 results, 2020 goals. Yep. Nobody saw what was 2020 going to actually look like. Right. I didn't have pandemic in my you know uh, 2020 <laughs> vision, that's for sure. And right. the markets the financial markets, the business market. Uh, you know, you, maybe you survived the pandemic only to get looted. Uh, God forbid, mm. I hope not. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, on, on whatever your experience of 2020, my hope and prayer is that you've got a better sense of where your future is headed now and um, anticipating what has been called the black swans uh, in our businesses. It's what we don't expect mm. that will have the biggest impact on us. In fact, there's a proportional relationship there, Jen. You know, the least I'm ready or prepared or anticipating the black swan, the more influence it will have over me. Mm. Uh, that makes sense. You know, if I can prepare for something, I can be ready for it. I can get that, you know, lock up my abs, get ready for that punch in the, in the gut. But if I don't know what's coming, then man, you can get sidelined pretty quick. So thank goodness our business has been doing great. Uh, mm. The strategies we offer our clients has been absolutely just, uh, we've had a banner year this year. Mainly more wow. people have been looking for strategies that uh, we specialize in through the bank on yourself concept. Mm. But it's been it's been mostly just a chance for us to reiterate that we're in an insane time and we need sanity. We need financial sanity in our finances. So that's what we specialize in at our firm. I like how you say financial uh, sanity, because as you know, um, and you know, my husband is also in the financial services industry. All we hear is financial stability, financial stability, retirement, you know, and I think that we're uh, kind of reaching an era where, you know, we're, we're well out of the industrial age. You know, we're not going to be at, we're not going to be like our grandparents and be stuck, you know, at a company for decades um, and expect to retire. Like millennials are jumping from one job to the other. You know, their resume is a lot longer. <laughs> and so, you know, and there's a lot of people really just taking that entrepreneurial leap or having some kind of side hustle. And with that said, um, you have to look at money differently. And so it's great to have people people like yourself, Mark, to, you know, to be part of that conversation for people who are taking a different route, but they don't have, um, let's say the expert to help them manage their money um, in that, in, in that, you know, maybe uh, unpaved path, you know, that a lot of us, more of us are beginning to take. 
Well, we have a January problem with many businesses. You know, it comes every year. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I have, a, I have an anniversary with my beautiful wife and it's funny how it comes every year and it always surprises me. Oh yeah, <laughs> anniversary. Right. Um, it's funny that our business has similarly uh, a cycle. Most businesses mm -hmm. go through a cycle. You know, if your mm -hmm. business is selling ice cream, you're probably going to have a dip in the wintertime right. uh, before you have a boom in the summer. But what are you doing to prepare for that? Mm. Um, again, most of us can prepare for those cyclical um, bows and troughs, but we don't always have those unexpected black black swan events uh, prepared for. And mm -hmm. that's where I'd feel sanity comes from having big buckets of contingency capital somewhere that's safe and liquid and immune to market risk that give you some sort of predictable awareness that, yeah, I'm a business owner. Yes, mm -hmm. I am taking major risk with my business, controlled risk, necessary risk, but risk nonetheless. Mm -hmm. And when I'm a business owner, I have to realize, I have to know, I have to admit to myself that I have a risk asset in my portfolio. Mm. That's a fancy $2 cocktail term, Jen. But what it means is my business is risky. Mm -hmm. It is, mm -hmm. it, you know, it is a, it is not a municipal bond. Let's just say it's not a savings account. You know, it is a risky business. Now the point is to make a lot of return for that risk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that's why we do the entrepreneurial thing. But at the same token, as a CFP, a certified financial planner, uh, I recommend business owners have a risk asset and have a safe, predictable, and liquid asset that you can balance the two out with. Mm -hmm. Nassim Taleb calls this the barbell strategy, where you have some money in a venture, speculative, wild goose chase investment. Mm -hmm. And the money you, I can afford to lose over here, but on the other side of my barbell should be a big, massive pool of liquid contingency cash capital on my balance sheet that I have access to that I don't have to beg a banker or pay a penalty by, to my 401k to get access to in the event of an emergency. That's mm -hmm. one of the topics, one of the strategies we, we design for our clients that helps them weather any storm, no matter what's going on in the headlines, mm -hmm. uh, to have that liquid pool of money. Man, it just brings sanity. It brings sleep well at night kind of cash. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's really good for business owners to be aware of this because they got into business for a reason. You know, they want to make money. They want to build a legacy. They want to, you know, hand down that business uh, down to, let's say, the next generation, the next kin. Um, but, but a lot of businesses, and we see, we've seen a lot of that in the pandemic, unfortunately, like restaurants and, you know, very transactional type of businesses, like even the nail salons, the hair, hair salons, like all, all the salons, you know, everything, um, all the serve, almost the service-based uh, businesses. You, you, we've seen unfortunately, a lot of them have tanked or really struggled during this time. Um, and just like what you were talking about earlier about like, you know, I think when you said like, oh, it seems like people are becoming more clear about their future and what they want. Um, I think the, the pandemic was really the catalyst for that to realize like, oh, we can't just, um, we can't just think that we're going steady. We can't just think that this is stable or that, oh, we'll worry about the future later. We'll worry about the, the bigger risk later. Um, the pandemic has really um, told people like, oh, wow, like we got, we got to be mindful of that black swan. <laughs> like yeah. that, it came by way faster than we thought. Well, what is our goal for our business? Everything, I think it's, it's smart to ask ourselves, why are we doing what we're doing? Mm -hmm. And some of us started our business for um, just, hey, I am sick and tired of my J-O-B just right. over broke. Uh, and, and it's more of a reaction to what we used to have. Other people, Absolutely. it's, 
It's a striving for, you know, massive, let's put the biggest dollar sign on our balance sheet. Another uh, group of entrepreneurs I meet with are, they are looking for long-term generational wealth transfer. And they figured mm-hmm. out that business ownership is one of the best and longest um, you know, pathways to true financial independence and multi-generational wealth. Actually, mm-hmm. I was doing some research uh, for uh, another uh, presentation and I, I did a research on the oldest family-owned business in the world. It's mm-hmm. a Hyushi Ryokan out in Japan. It is literally 1,300 years old, family-owned, wow. longest family-owned business in the world. It's mm. been through fires, earthquakes, and the family has always picked it up, built it up again. And the garden and some of the trees are, some of them are over four or 500 years old, but the business itself is over a thousand years old. And I just think that's so cool. It's a, it's a hotel, yeah. go check it out. Uh, but it's a, it's a reminder that who are we here to truly serve? Is it, is it ourselves? Is it uh, our children and our grandchildren mm-hmm. and a thousand years later children? Too often, I feel many businesses use that big bucket of money I mentioned earlier uh, through the system of the banking services out there. Uh, too many, I think, business owners see their line of credit or their credit card or their HELOC on their home as their version of cash. And all of those rely on the dependency of a generous banker. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of a pandemic or any other financial crisis, what's the first thing that happens? those lines of credit get slashed, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mm-hmm. Mark Twain has a, a great quote, Jen. He says, a banker is a fellow who will lend you his umbrella when the sun is shining, but wants it back as soon as it starts to rain. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is interesting how um, it's so normal to, let's say, trust the banks, you know, for, for good reason. They, they've been around for quite some time. But why is it, why would you say it's, um, maybe uh, uncommon or abnormal for people to seek out other options such as private banking. Do you think it's just a lack of education? Well, yeah, I think we are just sort of given the environment we're born into, we just sort of accept it. You know, it's mm. the Truman Show, you know, remember mm. the Truman Show movie? Yep. He just kind of lived his whole life uh, being watched by millions of people. He had no clue that the whole world was manipulating him sort of through his, through his lifetime. Yeah. And he was born into that show. He was an adult. Uh, he found a way to break free, but here's what happens. I think we are all just sort of told, hey, it's just normal to get your mortgage, your car loan, your student right. loans, your business line of credit. Um, I've met most average business owners, according to the U.S. Commerce Bureau, 36% of their revenue goes to service debts. Wow. I'll say that again. 36% of your total top line revenue to service your debt. Now, businesses are working pretty hard and there's a lot of risk in business. Um, what's, if time is money, Jen, mm-hmm. think about what is a third of your day? Mm. Well, in that, in that case, if you're the average business owner, just to service the debt means I am not actually a business owner. I have a business partner and his name is Chase or Bank of America or whatever. And they are the owner of my time for at least a third of my day. If I'm the average business owner, uh, we could talk about taxes to add it up to about half your day before you're really working for yourself. Mm-hmm. But the trouble is not banking. Banking mm-hmm. is not a problem uh, in the financial world. In fact, there's a great book out there called Debt the First 5,000 Years by David Graeber. And that the title says it all, right? Banking has been around for as long as we've had human civilization. Mm-hmm. So whatever the pandemic has caused for us this year, Jen, I would say something that hasn't changed is banking 
exists and we are all in the banking business. Even mm-hmm. if we think we are out of it, even if we just pay cash for everything, you know, hey, hey, um, Mark, I, I'm, I'm doing the, the right thing. I pay cash for my cars. I pay cash for my kitchen equipment, for my business. But the problem is not so much um, banking because banking is just a verb. It's not like you can hmm. uh, point to banking as, a, as the problem. Banking is not the problem. It's the banker. It's mm-hmm. the wrong person behind the desk. Uh, if, if you have the wrong person behind the banking desk in your life, you're going to lose. You know, if, if some other bank is controlling a third of your top line revenue, then you're going to always work for their purposes. You're going to be mm-hmm. under their thumb. Your, your interest rates, your hard-earned money, your monthly payment due every month. I've had a lot of e-commerce business owners go under, go bankrupt because Amazon Lending or Payables.com or one of these uh, sites are collecting the vast majority of their hard-earned money. You know, all mm. the sales and gross receipts just goes right back to Jeff Bezos and his team. Sorry, not, not to mention anybody in particular, but the banks in particular are, are sapping the energy out of entrepreneurs uh, and it's not so much banking that's the problem. It's more who's sitting behind the banker's desk mm-hmm. that I want to help folks find a better solution to. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's really fantastic, Mark. And um, you obviously are very knowledgeable. And it sounds like you are a, a continuous student of your industry, just mentioning all these references and these books and these quotes that you have shared with me. Um, so you obviously have a passion for what you do. Um, I know that you started your entrepreneurial journey back in 2008. So let's go back a little bit and tell me, how did you end up as a CFP? And um, you know what, what, what drives you or what has driven you to uh, be in the financial services industry? Well, I, I, it came out of suffering, <laughs> like so many businesses. You know? mm-hmm. I, uh, my wife and I graduated from our college degrees in mm. 2004 and then college grad degrees in 2008. So we had 2008 uh, graduation dates. And I don't know if you remember anything about what was happening in the world economy, Jen, in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yep. I had a lot <laughs> of friends a- at that time. I graduated 2011 um, yeah. for, with, with my BA, but I remember I was I was scared to graduate. Like I actually like took an extra year. I, I, I was called the super senior. It took me five years to get my BA. Yeah. Um, but that's because <laughs> that was, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I could do another year. Why not? Like, like but that. it's because uh, a couple of years, uh, yeah, back in 2008, I had friends who were already out. Even my brother who got, who graduated earlier before me, um, he was unemployed for two whole years before he actually got like contract work, like not even employment, contract work. And so it was a really, mm-hmm. it was a really difficult time. And so I, I definitely, um, I, I, I understand, I know what you're talking about, or I, I remember that time. Yeah. Oh man. Well, we had no job. We mm-hmm. had uh, six figures of student loan debt, $120,000 oh, of student man. loan debt. Mm-hmm. Um, we had no, we, we didn't have an awareness of our money. Mm-hmm. You know, we really, didn't have a budget much really. Uh, and we certainly didn't have the income needed to cover that massive monthly student loan payment mm. at the time. Though mm-hmm. so it was sort of like this big shock when we received the first bill after we graduated and we were like, what, what is this? Uh, oh, no. and it was like another mortgage payment that we didn't have a house for, you know? Right. And uh, so we were trying to race to get money so we could pay this. Again, we were slaves to banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it wasn't it wasn't banking that was the problem. In fact, if your business, and this is what I get super passionate about, Jen. Uh, so for me, our business started in the wake of that suffering. We said, mm. all right, we don't just want to be debt-free because I saw that debt-free was just the precipice to falling back down into debt. 
Think about it this way. As Mm -hmm. soon as you climb up that debt staircase, well, what are you doing? You got a five-year-old car with Mm -hmm. kids kicking the back seat and it's time to get the new car loan. Right. So debt-free is just the, is just one payment away from falling back down the debt staircase. It reminds me, um, Marco, quick, and I don't mean to cut yeah, you off. Sure. Yeah, it, no, it's problem, like, no problem. I think another analogy is like when you say, I'm going to lose weight, and then you find the fastest way to lose weight. But once you do it, it's like because you don't have a plan after that, you just, you, you know, you indulge. And then before you know yeah. it, you gain all that weight back. And you're like, what happened? So that's, yes. how, that's what that reminds me of when you're the way you're describing it. Oh, that's so true. I, I like mm-hmm. that. You're right. And you get to the point where you're debt free and you call up radio hosts and you scream it, I'm debt free. <laughs> right. And then you find that, yeah, you need to keep up with the Joneses. That yep. You got to get that swimming pool in the backyard or you got to get the bigger business uh, line of credit. So for me, I realized, and it was through the help of a lot of friends and mentors mm-hmm. that if I could take control of the banking function in my life, if I could be my own student loan company to myself, mm-hmm. and there's a whole strategy to how to do that. But if I could think like a banker mm-hmm. and actually bring in how I was outsourcing banking to Chase and Sally Mae and the rest of them. But if I could in-source my banking, if I could become my own source of financing, I could literally pay myself a, mor- a mortgage payment, pay myself a student loan payment, pay for my daughter's college now, uh, pay for my business's equipment needs or big expenses for my for my business, capital expenditures, marketing expenses, real estate investing. If I could do all of that in-house, mm-hmm. then I could pay myself 36% of my own money rather than it leaking out the back door to you know, Sally Mae and all of her cronies. So that's sort of what started our business, Lake Growth Financial Services. And it's what got us thinking not so average about finances, which is the name of our show, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, that is really cool because, you know, when you think about financial advisors in general, you kind of think of that stereotypical, like, oh, it's like your old, it's like your dad or it's your grandpa, you know, that's, it's yeah. in, the, in the industry and uh, really teaching the old age of, of financial um, education and yeah. services. So um, no, Mark, I think, I think that is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that and being transparent that, you know, your business and your entrepreneurial journey uh, was birthed out of suffering. I think it's important to touch upon that and, and let people know that this was a long journey. This was not an overnight success. And so uh, before we wrap up, Mark, um, I, I, I love that you uh, I have here in my notes here that you consider yourself unemployable. And for anyone else that wants to get to that place, well, actually, first of all, let me, let me backtrack. What does being unemployable mean to you? Because some people, you know, um, a lot of people who are literally unemployed, they're probably thinking like, I don't want to be unemployed. So what does unemployable mean to you? Um, I have a thousand bosses, not just one. That's what I, that's how I define unemployable. Uh, because if I have one boss, mm-hmm. I am employed by that boss and uh, I can be deployed at any time, or uh, flush down the, the 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 pink slip can go with me out the back door someday, right? I can mm-hmm. I can lose that one customer called my boss, and not be employed. If I'm unemployed, I have the chance to take any job I want and work with any anyone I want. And so, graciously and thankfully, we have the privilege of working with hundreds of clients around the country, mm-hmm. e- and and each of whom I would consider you know, a beautiful and incredible relationship, different than a boss employee relationship. But in some ways, you know, I'm serving them and and I get the chance to say sayonara sayonara to one if I don't like working with them and vice versa them with me, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But I'm unemployable because I'm free. I don't have to wait 
for the other shoe to drop with a boss who, you know, wakes up on the wrong side of the bed one morning and decides she wants to fire me or something like that. I have a th- a hundreds of clients around the country that give me kudos and work with me and I vice versa. I'm there to serve them. But let's be clear, Jen. I mean, I still have just one boss and, you know, she sleeps with me every night. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it's still, everyone's got a boss, I guess. But uh, that's what I mean when I say unemployable. I love that. Uh, just like what you said. And I, I like your take on it. It's like, instead of having one boss, you have a thousand bosses and there's a lot more freedom with that. Um, it, I think it's, it's, it sounds counterintuitive, but it does give you that freedom to like fire your boss or bosses or have your bosses fire you. But it doesn't mean that um, you are without income because you've been able yeah. to build that network, that clientele, that community. Um, it really, uh, it is, a, it does create a sense of freedom. And I, I really love uh, your perspective on that. Um, and thank you for for sharing that. Um, I feel like we just scratch the surface for a lot of a lot of things that could be shared, but obviously all good things have to come to to an end, Mark. So before we go, any parting advice that you want to share to our fellow entrepreneurs and small business owners listening to the thoughtful entrepreneur? Yeah, well, if the if the concepts of self-banking and the idea of banking on yourself makes sense or you'd like to learn more, there's a whole world there where you can discuss and describe. I would say one piece of advice is again, we're in two businesses. When you're a business owner, you're actually in two businesses. Mm-hmm. Whatever your name tag or your business card says, that's one business, but you're already in the banking business as well. Even if you just pay cash. Why? Mm-hmm. Well, because you know, I can either pay interest to a bank or I'll pass up interest by paying cash. I pass up any interest and growth I could have earned on my money had I left it invested. So I'm, I'm stuck when I am in the traditional banking systems, but you can bank on yourself. And it's a strategy that, man, I've, I've absolutely, it's changed my life and it's brought a lot of financial sanity in the world of 2020. Um, I'm not sure when the aliens are going to land, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for it before the election anyway. <laughs> so yeah, oh, that's my it. piece of parting advice. Awesome, Mark. Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for your great work and keep up the good work. Thank you. And to our listeners, once again, this is Mark Willis. He is the owner and founder of Lake Growth Financial Services. You can learn more about him, his company, and his podcast show at his website, nyafinancialpodcast.com. Thanks so much for joining us and tune in next time. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, 
you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.